Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. As always, I am Angelique Nori, and again, I am by myself in studio here at Cole Media Productions, and I have got a very, very, very special guest. Not only is she special for the stories that she's going to share with you, but she's special to me personally. Um, we have grown a friendship over the years. As a matter of fact, I got a chance to meet this beautiful creature that you're going to meet today. Um, like as we were exiting Arizona, I was like, great. So I meet this, you know, awesome human being that I would love to hang out with, learn from and work with. And we're leaving. God always has a, um, a great sense of humor, doesn't he? Doesn't he have a sense of humor? So have we got a show for you? And I feel like the VeggieTales episode right now, but I have the beautiful, beautiful Brandy Barclay here with us today. And I say here, she is staring at me across through FaceTime audio as we go through our uh, equipment here, but I would love to be here in person. However, Brandy is the hostess. I'm not going to say host, but the hostess of Power Soul show it's a faith talk uh, on faith talk radio right out of arizona on 1360 a.m so for those of you that are in arizona you can listen to her i know she's like prime time i think she's going to be able to share with you what time she's on there at five o'clock um but she's also um the founder of the power soul podcast as well as founder of the power soul clubhouse which is a women's community where women get to come to build faith build courage and just have a faith infused walk so that they could actually build and live the life that jesus came here to give and that's what i love about brandy is all of her um mission is built around really coming alive and living out the purpose and the calling that Jesus has on your life. And she does it through um, her her clubhouse. She does it through her show and her podcast, but she's also a certified life coach. So Brandy, thank you so much for joining here today on the Turn On Podcast. Man, do I know that they are going to get a lot out of this one. Thank you. I'm so, so, so excited. You know, like, I love you guys. I so, you know, well, I was actually listening to you guys this morning just to get in the groove, and mm-hmm. you had a podcast on excellence, and I just love the Norries bring so much excellence. And to me, um, not only do I think of you as a, an amazing wife, mother, friend, but just the excellence you bring to my life. So thank Aww. you for having. Well, we are just blessed to know you and your husband Matt, and um, just have an opportunity to really show people today and and share with people today, you know, what brought you to this point? And like we've asked all of our guests, Brandy, tell us when the light switch 
flipped for you? Like what was that turned on moment that really brought you kind of full circle to where you are today? Um, you know, there's been so many. I think every day with God, we have the ability or opportunity where he shows us things if we're, you know, open, willing, and waiting for him to turn things on. But the one instant where I really started to understand who Jesus is and how much he loves us and his true heart for us was the day when I actually felt the farthest I could ever feel from him. And I spent my life conforming and performing, I think like all of us do, and hit this wall. I call it hitting the wall of just complete burnout, um, emotionally, hormonally. Um, so this was in 2012, so nine years ago. So I was 39. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting? I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. Who's counting? Who cares? Never mind. Never mind. That's too much mouth for me right now. So, um, <laughs> so I um, hit this wall, literally. I was walking on a boardwalk in San Diego, California, where I love that I always feel that was always our escape. And at this particular time in life, I was looking for an escape from, I think, all things. My own pain, my own resentment, um, just all the things. I just was hitting a wall and I was walking on the boardwalk after a night of drinking and partying with my girlfriends. Um, real smooth, you know, wife and mother move. And <laughs> I'm waking up in the morning <laughs> and waking up in the morning and walking on the boardwalk and my daughter had sent me was sending me a picture of herself. Um, she was up north at my in-laws cabin with Matt, my husband. And she was so cute with her little cowboy hat and her little dimples and her crooked little funny teeth at that age mm -hmm. and her guitar. And I see this picture of her. And in the meantime, I feel like I just got hit with a bat. And I look at her and my heart just broke because it was like I'd been mad at everything and everyone. And at this moment, I was mad at myself. Mm -hmm. And it just like came like falling down on me that I hadn't been present for her because I was so caught up in myself in this season. Mm. And I stand there at this boardwalk and I lean over the edge and I just start sobbing. And my girlfriend comes up and goes, you know, are you okay? What, what's happening? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. I said, I've never felt this far from God. Mm. And before the words could, I mean, I literally see the words coming out, not even out of my mouth yet. And this man flies up on me. He's tan as like a leather bag, no shirt, blue running shorts from like the eighties, you know, the still kind, the weird ones, the <laughs> long, flowy white hair, big blue eyes, blue roller skates. And how I caught this, I don't even know because I was trying to hide my face, but he came up. So like, it was like viciously, like between me and my friends. And I'm, I'm like, what's going on? And he says, Hey, Girls, I just wanted to remind you how much Jesus loves you. Wow. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't by me. He didn't hear me. Flies up. And I mean, I almost fell on the ground. And at the same time, he's handing me a pamphlet, a Billy Graham little pamphlet. And, you know, I'm kind of laughing and crying all at the same time because in that moment, I felt at my farthest, God was literally right there. Mm. Like, I am like, closer than your breath in blue roller skates <laughs> in blue roller skates and you know what that's so god like that's so me and god 
on. Like, yes. It's so good. He's so and personal. So, he is so beautiful and personal. And I, I open up the little pamphlet and it says Romans 5, 8 was the very first thing I turned to. And it said, it's in your darkest that I died for you. Mm. Ugh. I could still cry. Yeah. Even. That'll unglue you. Yeah. yeah. Every time, every single time. <laughs> and it's been, you know, nine years ago. Well, because you get to relive that moment when you tell it. It's not like you're just telling a story or reliving the, the story because, you know, I think that anyone that's ever had a turned on moment, the moment that you think about something so visceral and beautiful and personal like that, um, especially when God is doing it, because I believe that's where all of our our turned on moments should come from, um, as long as you're playing in the right realm. <laughs> um you know, yeah. we're, they're going to have that kind of effect on you and on the effect on other people because it's supposed to. Like, that's how he works, right? He attaches it to people. And in this case, he attached it to a tan man with blue eyes and blue shorts and blue roller skates in San Diego on a pier in, uh, or a bridge. But, you know, I just, I, I think about, there was something you said. You You said, I was so caught up in my own stuff. Now, what I want to make sure that we unpack is you said you were so caught up in your own stuff. Now, here's the kicker. We often talk about being caught up in the day-to-day stuff that we have to do, uh, the hustle, the grind, uh, what's going on in the world, but you were caught up in your own stuff of the antithesis of what we would see as progress. Like a lot of relationships and personal peace and even identity gets caught up because you're trying to do something that wasn't meant for you you're actually doing something that wasn't meant for you, but it was because you were caught up in resentment. You were caught up in trying to create some habits because you wanted to serve yourself because you felt like you were serving other people. Can you kind of walk us through the journey of, you know, why you were caught up? Like what brought you to that point on the bridge in San Diego crying, saying, I've never felt this far from God. And why was your little girl not with you? Yeah. I was, when I say I hit a wall, it was like I had spent my whole entire life trying to make everyone happy with me. Mm. And <laughs> it's interesting that, you know, as a young kid, first born, um, my parents were very young parents and just always trying to be like the good kid, you know, excessively, mm. um, almost to the point where I would make myself sick over you know, a test or, you know, just really always trying to do everything just right. Mm. And then you, you know, I always say like, you know, then we, you know, so we're conforming when you're young to, to be perfect, I guess. And then for me anyway, and then when I got older, you go into performance mode where it's like you graduate, you know, now it's the career. Now you're in performance mode. Now it's build the business, build the house, build it's all performance based, like the, what the world deems success. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And so I was there and I was actually kind of at the pinnacle of it. I, you know, re- probably, you know, a couple of years before this moment, got my dream job where I was making great, great money and having a lot of status clout, you know, being treated very well. Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, my job, I was an esthetician. I was pouring into other women all day from setup to sundown. And then when I'd go home, I'm pouring into my kids and making sure you're doing all those things. And so it just felt like 
I started to get really resentful, I think, because I had all this, this is really interesting, because I think this is where the devil kind of gets in and can start to lie to us, is when we're, when we're finally alone, and I would be alone, like, you know, a 45-minute drive in, an hour drive home, where it's like, the devil started to work on my mind with what, who, what everyone wasn't doing, like mm. what husband wasn't doing, mm-hmm. what, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm driving and I'm coming home to messes or no dinner for me or, you know, and it's like, it wasn't that anything was really wrong. I think and it was a, it was a perfect time to attack, attack me in the idea that I've always performed and done everything to make everyone else happy. And not that I was, you know, it's funny, isn't how the devil is so extreme, like, it's all about everyone else, which isn't true. It's, it's not true. But I had, I also was having a hormonal issue mm. to the point where I felt like I, you know, I was so resentful because it was like my body was never operating the way it should. Yeah. And I, I didn't feel like I wanted to work out. I didn't feel like I wanted to have sex. Then I go and get um, a hormone treatment, you know, a, a testosterone pellet. Mm. And now my hormones are through the roof and I feel like I have zero control. Mm. And I was so resentful that the thing that I went to help me to go get help and help me feel better made me feel 10 times worse. Mm. And I, there was nothing I could do about it. And I was so frustrated. Like the frustration mm. was building. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, I always say like, you know, women escape in all different ways. Some go to Target and blow $300 a week. Like yeah. they're just zoning out. Yeah. And I, I was just, it was almost like I was so miserable in my own body. I wanted to crawl out of my own skin. Mm. And it was just a really dark season. <laughs> I want to bring up something that, um, you know, we talked about a little bit yesterday, but I was thinking about this, this section in David's book. And it reminds me a lot of what you're sharing right here. And I think I want to get this to the listeners because we often forget that, you know, we expect sometimes the enemy to be like coming in these, you know, crazy spiritual warfare, you know, red suit pitchfork, you know, horn type of moments. And it's not. It's like he's go- he he exists and he's practically rolled out a red carpet, roped it off with a table with bottle service for anybody who's willing to give and relinquish their spirit. So without a doubt, he wants you turned off. There's no question he prefers to see you frustrated with your life because that is when his bright red neon sign flashes the brightest. It's like a complaint factory where you take your gripes and dissatisfactions and trade them in for temporary comfort. The enemy puts the enemy puts your feet up on a lazy boy and massages your shoulders agreeing with you and how nobody gets you. He lulls you into a false sense of security which appears to ease your mind but ultimately leads to a trapdoor where the lights are always out and the future doesn't exist. And C.S. Lewis talks about this in the screw tape letters, and screw tape basically calls this time our lives excellent campaigning weather. Ah, that's so excellent exactly. campaigning weather. Like ah, he just comes to put it in perfect conditions for you so that you can get in this place that you're in and stay in it, deep in it. And then, and then lead you on to a much deeper path of destruction, which in your case kind of started with, you know, hormone therapy a little bit, which then made you feel even worse in your body with uncontrollable feelings and and urges and all kinds of things. And I think that's something that I want to make sure that 
we touch on, you know, we don't have to go into all all details of everything, but this is such an important part for listeners because not only, okay, she was just feeling the normal things I think women all can relate to, you know, you're constantly in a place of giving and pouring out, especially if you work and your mother and your wife and you're doing all the things and you feel like, God, what, can I just get five minutes to pee? Can I just, can I just take a bath? Like, you just give me two minutes of privacy so I can, you know, put my face on and comb my hair for the day. Like, it's noon and I haven't even brushed my teeth. Like, there's so many moments of that hidden resentment that just kind of builds over and over and over again to a point where you're finally like, what are all these feelings and emotions and how can I deal with it? And at the same time, you're being identified by a medical professional that, you know, you've got, you know, major hormone issues. So they, they pre- prescribe something for you to feel better and it gets worse. Like, I'm sure there's so many people that can relate to that right now. So tell us what happened with this perfect storm and and what how it started to affect your life that then led up to that bridge moment. Like, what was going on in your marriage? What was what was what were these feelings and and how did it slowly a unfold? And then how did you roll it back up like to get where you are today? Ah, slowly unfolded. It just. It was again like I like a sly fox, like the road to hell is gradual. Mm. So everything's going great. In fact, I've oh Matt and I had a, such a great marriage, and so always so happy together. And he's very very supportive of me in all ways. And so it's interesting what we what we actually did was get really complacent and kind of apathetic and mm. not intentional and showing up for everyone else and everything else and spending money on everyone else and everything else. Perfect for a turned off life. That's what we talk. That's that's like the slope to to being turned off. Yeah. We stopped buying each other gifts. Like, okay, let's just do more for the kids or, you know, let's, instead of spending any time together this weekend, we're going to show up at all the family functions, you know? Um, And then, you know, you go to work, I go to work. Okay. The kids need this. We have to be here. And it wasn't, it, it, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over time. And then with my hormones being so crazy and really not having really any desire from zero to like, I went from no desire sexually to, to like, I feel like uncontrollable. So yeah. It was, it was like, I didn't even get the, okay, cool. I want to have sex part. I went from like zero to roid rage. Whoa. <laughs> you know, like I want to hip check you in the hallway. And the only reason I know that is, term is, He's a hockey player. And it's like, <laughs> I just punched someone. It, it was, and it was so frustrating. I, I, I was so mad. That's horrible. I was so mad. Yeah. And so, and then I, you know, started to get mad about other things. Like, you know, I've always done this or my parents did that. Or, um, you know, I now, you know, think about this. The devil comes in going, you don't even really need to be married. You, you know, you don't mm. need to have this pressure on you. You can you make enough money to be on your own. I mean, these are thoughts that start to go, Mm. right? Let me ask you this question, because I am sure that sometimes like in the middle of these journeys, I'm thinking about women, like when they hear these, these thoughts creeping in, like you don't need this. And you're like, what would, how did you view Matt at that time? Like, you know, because we don't, you know, we don't marry necessarily because we were not attracted to our spouse. I mean, that's crazy, you know, to think. So all of a sudden you're fine, find yourself in a, in a position where, you know, you want to punch him in the hallway. Like, how did you, like, what, what did he look like to you at that, at at those times? Like, did he look like a different person? Did you, like, how did you perceive him in 
those times. It's, it, it's interesting. I think I was just resentful because, and, you know, again, I, I think you can, I look back now in such a healthy place and such a happy place that it's almost hard to even think about yeah. how I felt. But it was like, um, you know, I think my resentment was I, I don't feel like I'm first mm. to you. Um, even though I look back and I think I, you know, in his heart I was, but I was, I was putting all of that on him. Like, you know, if Chloe needs something, she's going to get it. If I need it, it can wait, you know, like, and it's my daughter. Of course I want Chloe, you know, Jade mm. and Chloe to have all their needs met, but I just felt kind of like, hello, you know what mm. I mean? And, and then, you know, um, Oh gosh, let me try to think of it. wasn't I was always attracted to him, but I my body was turned off. Like yeah. the I, I wasn't in a sexual place and I think I was mad at the situation more than I was mad at him. Yeah. I was just mad. I was mad that every t- I thought I think deep down I thought I was um disappointing to him and I think that disappointment was too much for me to bear. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. That is so powerful. So going back to your moment on the bridge and, and you were out with, you were having a girl's weekend, right? Or a girl's night or whatever. And you're like, great wife and mom moment. I remember when you said that. <laughs> so he, I think that's important because um, we, you know, we get into our marriages and we think that our, in our lives outside of marriage has to, to stop or whatever. And I don't believe that that's necessarily true. And, and let me wait, let me, let me make sure that I tee that up. I'm not saying your life stops. I'm saying that you're fr- you don't lose friendships or you don't unless they're toxic to your marriage or whatever. But my point is is like I think it's healthy to have times when you go to lunch and you know spend time with your you know girlfriends and your community and stuff like that. But there's a difference, right? There's a difference in what you are sharing and what you do now with Power Soul. So talk a little bit about like what those habits were and why you were doing them and how it started to affect you and your relationship and and why you felt at that moment like you couldn't be further from God? I was complaining. I was venting. I was going to happy hours to complain and vent and have this camaraderie of, you know, amplifying, magnifying everything wrong. <laughs> you know, and that is such, I think, I don't think we put enough emphasis on how powerful that is to magnify what's wrong. I think if you stare at anyone long enough and and point out everything they've ever done wrong to you, no matter Mm -hmm. who it is, Mm -hmm. you are not going to be happy with this person. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you're out with, you know, your girlfriends and their husband's doing this and yours isn't doing that. And, you know, just the pressure of life and then throw a few cocktails in and now you're meeting, you know, once a week and now it's a girl's trip and now, and it's like, let's just commiserate. And to me, it was such a... And temptations everywhere. Yeah. And temptations everywhere. And, you know, to be honest, I think because I'd always been such a really healthy place, I guess there was almost an arrogance that, you know, I can do whatever and be around whoever and it's not going to affect me. Mm. And it's just not true. And I, and I feel even now, you know, what I do with my time and the people I choose to spend it with really matter. And, you know, I, I I always say, you know, God can, 
I wasn't being convicted to not go into a bar. Um, I, but I was going in places where I wasn't also guarding myself against mm. environment and, and I wasn't being aware of what could happen. Mm. And it's like, it's one of those things where you have to be really intentional with where you are and what you do, especially as believers and especially believers in marriage that we guard that and that we protect it because we do have an enemy and he is after us. And I would, you know, I was just in this place of where I was going out and, and, you know, if I got attention from somebody, it felt really good because first of all, I was just craving attention with no um, <laughs> pressure behind it or anything. I knew I wasn't going to do anything or whatever, but yeah. it was like, you know, I think it's like, you just want to be, I think for me, I, I, I had this some kind of hole and I had to end up going through therapy to see that, um, in essence, that kind of attention, I think could feel almost like a drug when you walk in a place and you don't feel like anyone's really giving you, it wasn't that even my, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. It wasn't like I wasn't getting attention from my husband. It's just that it was kind of like, again, what kind of rush is it for you? Is it mm. shop? Is it shopping? Is it, you know, like, mm. you know, oh, okay, I'm four, I'm almost 40 years old and I walk in and, and some 30 year old thinks I'm pretty. It's a good feeling. Yeah. What's your it's, poison of choice? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like, I think that it was just feeling an insecurity at that point. And that made me feel like, oh, okay. You know, I can still, I, like, I mean, it's so cliche, but, you know, you still got it, babe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, oh, you yeah. know. Well, I, I think it's in, um, again, screw tape. It says, the, the adversity of our middle years wears on our souls and weakens our resolve. So the shiny newness of youth loses its luster. Love loses its intensity and hopes and dreams of youth adulthood crash and burn in the reality of practical living. And even the rhythm of life itself trades spontaneity for a dull routine. Mm. And, oh, girl, you just said something right there that's so big for me. Is yeah. Because I'm a creative person. Yeah. Bored. When things get bored, boring, I'm like looking for the exit. Mm. <laughs> like, Okay. You're like David. (laughs) That's like David. I'm like, exit door. I got to go. And you know what? To be honest, Matt is like the most creative, passionate, fun person. It wasn't about that. I was going to work and going home and going to work and going home. And Friday night we do this. And Sunday we go to church. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know what I mean? It was like, and you know what? That's so, we needed to spice it up. We needed to do some cool stuff together again. We needed to date. We need, And I always say like, I, I always tell my, my girls that I'm, I'm coaching, get the blood pumping outside the bedroom. Matt started taking me on adventures. We, mm. I had testosterone going like through the roof. I mean, I was like, I'm ready to jump out of a plane, like whatever. So wow. we, we did helicopter ride. We went kayaking. We went on a little wine tour, but we started to have fun together again. And I think if you're not having fun, mm. people, people minimize fun. I think yeah. it's like religious people think fun is, is sacrilegious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sac- yeah. You know, sacrilegious and it's like you're wasting time. It's like, no, that is a very valuable part of relationship. That's right. I mean, you want to be with people you're laughing with, having fun with, playing with that lighten your life up. And yeah. he was always that person and we just got away from it, you know? Mm. 
So, okay. So let's, let's take them out of the dip. Like, let's go, let's go where to where you are now, because obviously, um, the Holy Spirit showed up in blue shorts and roller skates and, and, (laughs) and pulled you out of that rut with laughter and tears and things changed. So, but it, it couldn't just be that guy on roller skates that handed you a Billy Graham pamphlet. Like obviously the transformation took time and it was a deepening of your relationship and intentionality with, with Christ, but also with Matt, right? What also with Matt. So talk about how the, 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 the redemption came through your walk with Christ and your walk with Matt. Oh man. I, the coolest thing is that, you know, I know by experience that you can have a brand new, a whole, a whole new marriage with the same person. Mm. And it was, it was like, um, you know, I, I came home from that experience and I told Matt, you know, like, here's where I am. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty miserable. And, you know, there was work and intention, you know, counseling together and by myself, getting the right hormone doctor, you know, doing all the things that, to be honest, I didn't have a lot of energy for, but I forced myself. And, um, and you know, there were nights where when my hormones were falling out of my, I like to say falling out of my body because I literally felt like postpartum times a hundred, mm. you know, and I laid on the couch one night and Matt was rubbing my head and I was just like, I felt like a tortured soul. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> uh, mm. uh. right. It's okay. But he was like, I'm not leaving you as long as you're, you're not yourself, you know? Mm. And, um, and I just remember the depth of what I, the love that he gave me when I didn't feel like I was even lovable. Mm. And I felt like when I look back at that time and I saw the depth of who he was as a man, like to me, that's a true man that can like, he stands in the gap for his wife when she can't stand up. And a lot of men would have just rejected me and said, you know, you're a jerk, (laughs) you know, but he didn't. He was like truly there. And not only that, I just look back at that time where I was like, I feel like I have a vision of I'm in this pit and the Lord has me by one hand and Matt has me by the other. Mm. And to me, and and they carried me out together because I just didn't have it in me at all. And the only thing I did was hold on. <laughs> You're two men. All I, did, all I did was hold on to the two that truly in this life have had my back. And to me, it was such a to me that's what marriage should be. It's like when we ha- when we ha- when we get married, what is marriage? It's inviting God into this place, into this covenant to to bind it. And that experience was so binding for me with Matt. And it just, to me, that's, um, it also showed me a compassion and a love that I wanted to always be able to give other people when they didn't feel worthy um, or that they had failed or they were failing, that I could sit and, and get in that same pit you know, through my life coach, uh, my life coaching certification, there was a really impactful thing that happened 
where they showed a lot of times as coaches or friends or mentors, you want to get someone from the pain into, you know, over it really fast. Like, okay, this is how you jump over the pit. Like, I've already been there. I've already done that. This is how you do it. <laughs> and really, there isn't a such thing yeah. that with Christ, there was the three days. There was the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And when something in you is dying, when there's a part of you, like either sin is dying, the flesh is dying, um, maybe you're just a, a dream is dying, there's a death. And there's a, then there's the burial. And you have to go through this, this darkness and this place. And it's the place where you sit with God. And I, I think this is, you know, in biblical terms, kind of a wilderness season where it's, mm. it feels really lonely, but it's just you and him. Mm-hmm. And you're just holding on to him to get through. And, and then you rise when you've been healed by the healer. And I think too many people try to have a healing without the healer. Yeah. And I don't believe there's really truly such a thing. That's right. Or they try to have forgiveness without him. Or they, they try to do this without him. And I think that's where people get really stuck. And um, But I think back to that time and I think about the two men in my life that carried me through and all I had to do was hold on. And I think that through all the trials in life, my, my main focus and main mission now is to teach people how to follow closely to the one who will carry you out of everything, anything, and to hold, just to hold on tight. And um, we, we were never called to do this by ourselves. Mm. We don't have to do any of it by ourselves. Well, come to me who are all who are weary and I will give you rest, right? Like your burdens. And, and we, we miss that, you know, it's, we're not meant to hold the yoke alone. And um, that, that also goes through in marriage. Like, we yoke this together, um, but you know Christ is the centerpiece of of that that marriage, and you know I think it's such an important topic. Just kind of sharing some of those you know small intimate moments in in your journey, because you know and, and it showed up in your body, it showed up in your marriage, and I'm sure that there are times that it showed up you know in in business. But look at how things just slowly brought you you were you just described it as a pit like you were in this pit right with with mm-hmm. with your head um on Matt's lap and he's rubbing your your head and he wasn't gonna let he was he's like I'm not gonna let you go especially when you're in this place because it's he knew it wasn't you right mm-hmm. you weren't even in your body like you were just a different person at that time for a number of reasons one spiritually and and hormonally and emotionally and on all the things but you were in this pit and it but it wasn't like you know some people end up in a pit and it just happens so fast like it's a traumatic event or a major loss or whatever and they just end up in this pit you're there like this slow gradual process of the daily minutia and the mundane and the hidden resentment and the little habits and, you know, like the perfect campaigning weather that C.S. Lewis calls it through screw tape letters. You know, it's just we find ourselves in these moments, and Brandy, you just illustrated it so beautifully, um, where we have to put to death those moments. And we don't allow ourselves, like this world is so messed up, like 
And that's the problem with self-development too, you know, and I mean, shit, the words are self-development. Like we're saying it's self-development. No, it's not self-development. Like you're, you're in a place where you can't do this by yourself because it was never meant to be done by yourself. You're doing it with like Christ, like Christ has to be the one. Mm -hmm. So, um, if it's, if it's all self-love and self-healing and self-development, then what do we need God for? You know, like what, what do we need God for? So you were in, in this position and it happened in such this, this gradual place, but I loved what you said. Like you have to have a death and a burial. There has to be a moment where you allow for that and then the healing and then the rise. Like, it, you don't, like, skip over it all, you know. And I think that's what self-development has often done is, you know, they either go to an event or read a book and all of a sudden it's like, I'm rising, you know. It's like, <laughs> everything's awesome and I'm no longer, you know, I'm no longer in a pit. I'm no longer suicidal. I'm no longer sick. Look, like, it's just like, well, who did that? Like. Tony Robbins? No. Like, like, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like, you know, it's you, there's work involved and there's a cadence and look, God, God can do it. God's God and he can, God can do it in a moment or he can do it over process. He can heal people instantly and he can heal people in the, the not so linear, which is where I've been, you know, and where you've been. And I'm just, I'm curious now, like once you've been through that once you've um taken yourself you know through that journey and with your two men you know with with christ and with matt um how do you how do you manage the moving parts now what do you do that's that's intentional to make sure that you keep the lights on um in your faith and in your in your marriage and um in community like what are what are the key things that you make sure you do intentionally so that you don't find yourself with these slow, gradual habits of resentment that end up in the same place? Mm. Well, I think that, you know, when you go through something and you realize it, it, it can fall apart, <laughs> you know, um, it's like, whew, all right, we made it, but, you know, I'll never be that complacent again and that's just with anything I mean no matter what kind of you know what you and David talk about you know the four hallways all of these things are so important and you have to you have to keep the lights on you you know I spend time every morning alone with God the first thing on my mind and the last thing you know I go to sleep on is my my redeemer my rock my refuge my healer um my source of strength Mm. and you know that it's I don't think for a second I can do what I'm supposed to do called to do designed to do I believe we're made for more than we think I believe we're made to live this elevated divine life and that the only way to take hold of that golden ring is again holding on to my Lord, holding Mm. on to his word and living in the radical truth of what he says, who he is and who I am in him. Mm. Period. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if I just thought about all of my own, what I bring, I don't think I would be doing anything I'm doing. 
because I wouldn't have the confidence to do what I'm doing. I know that you can go to a motivational workshop. I've been to them all, whatever. And to be honest, yeah, you can, you know, we all need encouragement. Encouragement is a gift to build courage. I mean, that's what you do. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, we go into these places to go, you know, this strengthens my armor. This builds my courage. This gets me around the right people in the right mind. And we all need more of that. Um, But the truth is, is the truth is the rock. The truth is who God is and who he says I am. And I can do all things through him. Yes. All the hard things. I mean, in fact, the Lord more and more keeps putting on my heart. You were made for hard. People pray too much for to get out of things or to get, you know, to make it easy. Or he's like, no, you were made for hard. You were made for hard. Mm. And, but you have to, but you will need me every step of the way. And there's so many times I try to get a strategy from God and go, okay, what am I doing next, God? Like, give me the answer. And I just, and he gave me this vision. He goes, because I used to run track in high school. And he goes, you know, you want to run to me for the baton and get the answer and run away. And he goes, that's not what I want to do here. I don't Mm want to just give you the next answer, the next strategy. I want to walk this life with you. Who are you trying to impress anyway? I'm right here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like, who are you doing this for? And it's like such a great humbling thing to go, you're right, God. Because if I'm doing it for you, I can walk this gracefully with you at your pace. It doesn't look like the world. Yeah. And I don't need to run out in front of you and get exhausted, which I've done a million times, especially the last four years where I'm like, okay, this is all on me. And it's not. And there's such a rest when I just walk out life with him. And and everything tends to fall into place. And he puts me in the right rooms. And he, he promotes me when it's time. And it's like... He really is God. <laughs> you know, he really is sovereign. He is. And I, just even Philippians, you know, 4.13, you said, I can, I can do uh, all things through Christ who strengthened me. Like, just take that one sentence for one second. I can. Like, mm-hmm. I can. I can do all those things through him who strengthens me. It's not like he will do it for me <laughs> or I can do it without him at, with a simple prayer. Like, he has to strengthen you through the process. Just like, like you don't go, you don't go to the gym one time to, to draw the strength to go do the task. Like it's a strengthening of of your spirit. It's a strengthening of that relationship. It's a strengthening of what you're co-creating. But you are required to do it as he walks it out with you and through him. And I think we miss that oftentimes. You know, we 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 miss the part of we are meant to be elevated. We are meant to create. We are like, we are creative beings. We're supposed to be doing this and, and creating these moments. And, you know, you said, um, you were, you're talking about a few things about just now in the last few minutes that we've unpacked this, but I think about living turned on. It's like, yes, we have, we do have the events and the experiences for people to come, but I'm not, I'm not here to give you the baton. I'm here to show you where it is. Right. Like, I'm not the light, he is. There's the switch, go put your hand on it. Like, we can only do our job here to do. Like, I can't do it for you. I can't give you all the answers. Your hallway is going to have different rooms at different times and different seasons and different circumstances. Uh, And I can show you where the switch is, but you're going to be the one that needs to keep it turned on. And Mm -hmm. I can promise you... What I can promise is that God will always be, like, 
you don't have to worry about the electric bill. Like the source of it all will always be there. But but are you flipping the switch? Did you trip the breaker? Like is are you the one that's that's doing it? So all our goal is, and I know Brandy's goal is to show you where those switches are, show you how you can be more intentional in these times of your life. Like you're spending time with, with God in the morning and, and you're and the things that I would love for you to share that you do uh, with, with your marriage. But, you know, ideally when we walk away from anything, especially an episode like this, what is the, what's the switch they can do, right? What's the switch they can flip right now? You know, what would you say that you would tell somebody if you were back in that pit today? What's the first thing that you go to flip Mm. to turn the lights back on? Oh, good. So good. Because another turned on moment for me was really understanding that Jesus to live in this life and do what he did. And he, he, it was by the Holy Spirit. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't, you know, I always say I didn't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. I understand God, creator, judge. I understood Jesus, my Savior, my Redeemer. But I didn't understand mm. that it's by the power of the Spirit. Then, Because when Jesus left this earth and he said to his disciples, don't go try to do any of this by yourself. <laughs> he said, yeah. because you, you wait for the Spirit to fall on you before you go try to do anything. And I think that this is not talked about enough in churches. I think it, people think it's the woo-woo of, of spiritual life. To me, it's absolutely the power house. And I, I walk my clients or my, my powerful community women through a practice. You know, the, the problem is, is they're looking for all these different ways to meditate and manifest and <laughs> blah, 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 and go to yoga. I always say, like, you know, we can, the, well, the word says, you know, if you empty your mind and you don't fill it with God, it can, seven more demons can come in. That's right. People don't understand this, right? For lack of knowledge, they'll be destroyed. And it's like, get in the word. I don't care if it has to be spoon fed to you by a pastor on church or on TV. Just get in it enough that you start to understand who God is and the character of him and that our, you'll start to love him back. And I think that this is where the relationship with him, it, this spirit to spirit situation where it's like you're, you're, you get so in tune with his spirit. And it literally to me feels like a rope around my heart. Like he'll tug me this way. He'll tug me that way. And I know if it's following his word, his voice, and the tug that I am aligning myself. And again, following him closely and holding on to my source. And, but I do this practice where I say, you know, okay, we all have something right now, all of us, all the time, that we're kind of trying to muster strength for. Mm. We're just like, ugh, you know, like that <laughs> thing. Like, if you're going to go to someone right now for prayer, what is that thing, right? Like, okay, pray for this. But this is what I found to be so powerful because the word says stir up the spirit. There's our action, right? Stirring, mm. we have to agitate it. Yeah. We have to agitate it, right? We have to invite him. He is a gentleman and he we have to invite him and when we invite him to our day and to our mind to our mouth to have his way with our our body our spirit our i say like give me your ears give me your eyes like i just want to see things the way you see him spirit you know lord mm. and so but i'll say okay i want you to close your eyes and i want you to think of that one thing that you're just trying to muster all this strength for 
and I, you know, I know you feel like that knot in your throat or that, that, that oppress, that heaviness on your chest or that, that wrench in your gut. And I want you to allow your own crappy strength <laughs> to run, to run out of your body, out of your toes. I want all of your own, everything you're trying to muster up. I want you to like release it. And I almost get, I get this vision of this melting out of me where I'm a full empty vessel. And then I invite the power of God in. And I say, and I invite, invite the power of the Holy Spirit to have full access to you, to give you his strength and his mind over it and his wisdom over it. And, you know, it's incredible because so many times I'll pray this prayer before going into things, especially things I'm worried or intimidated or relational or I don't know how to confront it or whatever. And it's like nothing changes, but I change so much. And when I change, everything changes about it because all my angst goes away. All my own try goes away. And I'm saying, I am just, again, in, in my weakness, you are strong. And I understand that on a different level now. I always thought, okay, yeah, I'm weak. You're strong, God. But I get it differently. It's like I'm releasing my own idea of my own silly strength. Yeah. And I'm inviting your power and your strength to have your way with me. And it's like you're like almost asking for the emptiness so that you can be weakened so that he can, his strength can fill you up. Yeah. 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 And it's just, it's just such a big, to me, that's like a life game changer, like fast pass to supernatural everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, if that didn't give you guys something to flip on today, I don't know what can. I mean, right there is just a, a simple tool um, to allow for yourself in this very moment to just walk through something so so accessible at any time. You know, like you don't need you don't need the perfect weather. You don't need a, a yoga mat. You don't need the right music. <laughs> like, just go and empty yourself. You know, and allow for just allow for yourself to be weak in that moment. Allow for, mm-hmm. and, and, and don't confuse the word weak. You know, it doesn't mean that you're broken. It means that you've, you've emptied yourself of your own strength. That's the difference. To, to empty yourself of your own strength and allow for the Father, the Redeemer, your rock, to fill you with his strength. To, so that so that you can understand that that's the power of the Holy Spirit is like I always it's like pre-workout in water <laughs> like it's not just a pebble or a drop that gets separated like oil and vinegar it's it's everywhere you know it's everywhere it's in all of your cells it's in all your bones it's it's from your the top of your head to the soles of your feet like honey like just it soaks you up and you get to access that, but you have, there's a difference. You have to access it. It's like mm-hmm. the battery in my car can control so many things, but if I don't go in the car and press the buttons, I can't turn on the ignition. I can't access the radio. I can't put my blinker on. You know, I, I can't access the windshield wipers. I can't throw it into reverse or driver neutral or whatever. I have to press the buttons. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens mm-hmm. me. 
I can turn on the ignition. I can press the gas. I can hit, you know, drive. I can turn on the radio. I can do all those things through the power that exists in that engine who strengthens this whole vehicle to do what it is that I have been called to be elevated to do here on this planet because we are called to walk with him, co-create with him, have those moments with him, and therefore have those same moments with our spouse and our children in the marketplace, wherever it is that he plants us. And, and I, I, we miss that. We miss that through the going through the motions, through the mundane, through the routine of a 45-minute drive to work and an hour drive home and serving and listening and doing all the things that, yes, we can have our ministry in, but man, does it, does it, it get so easily caught up in what the world says is the routine so easily caught up in what the world deems as successful, what the world says is your to-do. And we, we become like ships passing in the night with our spouse, like ships passing in the night with our children, like ships passing in the night in community or in the marketplace when really opportunity is literally everywhere. If we see with his eyes, hear with his ears, speak with his mouth, because we've emptied ourselves to live more turned on and and to experience that life that he's called us for so that we don't find ourselves on a bridge in San Diego saying, I've never felt this far from God when he was right there in blue roller skates, <laughs> which I that, love. It's so, so, so cool. I, I love it. Well. I love it. Brandy, I, I want to thank you so much um, for just being here, being your, who you are, showing up the way you do on a daily basis and, and, and giving our listeners something to really think about today um, and sharing from your heart from such a vulnerable and palpable place. I mean, I'm just so grateful for our friendship and, and re- relationship that David and I have with you and Matt. And I just love what you're doing. I love how, how much God has promoted you since we first met. Holy smokes. Like, the, the cool <laughs> things that God has been doing in your life. And now you're the, the host of primetime radio on um, what's the station? AM 13, 1360 faith talk mm-hmm. radio guys. If you're in Arizona, you got to listen to Brandy at 5 PM, like on your ride home. Right. Yeah. It's just on Wednesdays right now. We'll see what happens, but you can catch the podcast anytime. And I'm, you know, I'm so grateful for you guys too. And I've learned so much from you and, learn so much from David speak up and you know just that you know there's a lot of different masterminds that people go to to become better in life and one of the things that the Lord has showed me is he is the master of all masterminds that's right (laughs) the master's mastermind we have access to him we have access to the throne of God anytime we want are you taking that path Mm, so good so so good Brandy, where can they find um, out more about Clubhouse? And so, so my Instagram, Brandy with an I E, Barclay, B A R C L A Y. Um, so, Power Soul Women's Community, it's a conservative Christian women's community where we just, you know, gain strength to not compromise in this culture that we're in and um, be the women that God has called us to be. So, we're in Arizona. So come check that out. It's once a month. I'm also about to host this fall um, our 
annual Power Soul experience, which is for men and women, which I think is a very, uh, it's just a great way as a, a couple to grow together and do something different outside the norm and fun. And so that's what's coming up soon. So that's we're, it. We're excited. Brandy, thank you so much for sharing that, sharing all that you've shared today. Listeners, we hope and pray that this turned you on today. See you next time.